I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about. Which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and also the proud winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. This week, I'm joined by Alva Garrahi to talk about her lockdown pregnancy, induction, birth and life as a new mum during this crazy year. Arriving at the doors of the Rotunda 10 weeks ago, an induction and a day of unknowns lay ahead. With partner restrictions, Alva, like so many women this year, started the process of birth without her husband Rory, but here shares how she was able to get into the zone, focused on controlling the controllables, how she never felt alone as the midwives are so incredible and how she found strength in knowing that she was the only woman who could birth her baby. At Every Mum, we understand why there is a lot of anxiety and loneliness for expectant and new parents right now. From missing out on the pregnancy you imagined, partner restrictions and learning how to do this without seeing friends and family. I'm going through it myself. And we hope by Alva sharing her honest experience that we can in some way reassure and support you. As Alva says, we are a tribe of incredible women. We need to remember that. Alva, thank you so much for joining me on Everyone the Podcast and congratulations on almost 10 weeks with beautiful baby Sean. Oh, thank you, Sinead. And, and same to you. Congratulations to you on, on two weeks on your number two. So um, amazing that you're, you're, you're working and you're doing this. But thank you for having me. And um, when you asked me a couple of months ago, you mentioned it to me about coming on the podcast. I kind of thought, God, well, I'm no expert here. How, you know, what would I have to say? I'm, I haven't done this yet. I'm, you know, I'm, this is all so new to me, but I think it's the same for everyone, isn't it? We're, no one's an expert. We all are just kind of winging it. So um, I'm delighted to be here and thank you for asking me and happy to, to share my experience of, of uh, being a mom for the first time. And that's it. None of us know what we're doing. And the sooner we learn that, I think the, the more permission we give ourselves to, to be kinder to ourselves like we're all winging it and just when you think you've got something actually nailed something will change a phase will change a clock change will change yeah exactly as we learned yesterday (laughs) something will always change and there's been more change than I think any of us could have ever ever fathomed this year alone for for people absolutely 
you were you had a good chunk of pregnancy before all of this kind of restrictions and lockdowns and all of these things so were you able to kind of tell people in person and get excited about what was about to happen I was yes yeah. so we found out in January and we were very lucky um, I felt pregnant very fast and I feel so blessed you know that that happened because I know it's not the case for so many um, but we found out in January and I was five weeks pregnant so um, we didn't tell our families until I was nine weeks we had an early scan at nine weeks and then we told our families which was so exciting um, and this is all pre-COVID obviously um, this is the end of January at this stage so you know, we could visit them and we could hug them and we could, well, apart from my sister Amy, she lives down in Clare, so we told her on FaceTime then. And, um, but it wasn't because of COVID, it was just because she's down the country. But we were all very excited and told Rory's family as well and then waited until the 12 weeks to tell our friends and, you know, extended family and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was very exciting. But I was 12 weeks kind of at the end of February, around the 20th of February, I think. So not long, you know, before all this kicked off. So, um, but it was lovely to meet up with, with my friend, my close friends, you know, for, you know, dinner or lunch or whatever, and, and tell them in person. It was very, it was really nice. Um, and then, yeah, March came and uh, lockdown came. And so it wasn't a huge amount of pregnancy. It was only really kind of two months that I had um, pre-COVID and then very much a, a COVID pandemic pregnancy after that. Yeah, of course, because of those those few months that you were pregnant, you you were still distancing in some respect from people that yes. they didn't know. Yeah. That point of like being able to finally share the news and start indulging in all those like pregnancy things you're expecting, like joining the, the Pilates classes and the yoga classes and going shopping for baby and, you know, just dipping your toe into this new world. I find it re it's really sad to have yeah. had all those things just close completely and my family will always say like I've wanted like I've been quite broody or kind of maternal since I was like I loved dolls when I was younger I you know I had all the prams the, the boogies the whole lot for my dolls so you know I think there was always kind of like oh whenever Alva has a baby you know she's gonna just love all of that so yeah it was it was it was you know it was, it was I mean you know, I was so lucky in the sense that the pregnancy went so well and you know we had no issues or anything but I would have loved to have been able to do that. Um, and because I was, you know, because I was the first of my close circle of friends to to become pregnant and to have a baby, I didn't have a, a, a friend, a close friend in the same boat as me. And obviously I had my sister, Avian, and I'm so lucky. I got so much advice from her. It was fantastic. But again, she lives in Clare. So I, you know, I, I don't get to see her that often. Um, so I would have loved the mother and baby classes. I would have loved the pregnancy Pilates, yoga. I would have just, I would have been in my element, you know, having those things to attend. Um, and like that, again, going into all the shops and picking out the, the buggies and the, you know, the whole lot. Um, but everything just shut down, you know, so we didn't get to do any of that. And luckily there's been lovely online things and we did our antenatal classes online. Um, and we did, you know, eventually we got to kind of go in and, and get our bits because as lock, we were kind of coming out of lockdown we got to go and get our buggy and in baby elegance and things like that um but I would have I would have signed up for all of the classes and done all of the courses but uh yeah I just wasn't to be this year unfortunately and then obviously there's the scans as well you know luckily Rory was there for our early scan and, and the 12 week scan but after that I was on my own um and don't get me wrong, like I, I loved the scans. Again, we were so blessed. We, we never got any bad news or anything like that. Everything went, you know, smoothly. Um, 
but yeah, it's daunting going on your own and you don't know before every scan, you know, if, if, this, if, if, if it's going to go as well as they did. So, um, that was, that was kind of scary, especially the 20 week one. Um, we'd actually lost our little dog, Bobby, a couple of weeks before that, which absolutely tore us apart. We were just heartbroken. Uh, he was my first baby and I always say he'll always be my first baby, but, um, we lost him quite tragically. He was attacked just kind of as we were in lockdown and, uh, my 20 week scan was the next scan after that happened and I was just particularly anxious for that because you know something bad has happened and you know you're kind of we were heartbroken about that and um but luckily you know so I had to go to that scan and I kind of wish that was the one scan that I really wished he could come with me because I don't know I was just on edge or something after that happened to poor Bobby so uh but thank God everything was okay. And uh, we got, you know, it all went well and, and it was fine. So, yeah, but I, you know, I totally understand women's anxiety and worries about attending scans alone because you never know, you know, how they're going to go. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's just the, what comes with having a, a baby in a pandemic. <laughs> it's such a vulnerable time. And I think that those scans, especially, as you said, the 20 week, mm-hmm. it's, it's, for me, it felt like, is this the day I'm going to find out the bad news Mm. or is this the day that, you know, just all the things that you're hoping and planning for you're, you'll find out won't be a reality. And it's, it can be a phenomenally happy day because it's also the day that there's a lot of reassurance that actually, Mm. you know, everything is tracking as it should and baby is growing as it should. And you can really leave feeling like, it's real it's it's this is happening and we're halfway there and it's so positive and both sides of it I felt really like I want to share that and I want like also I felt why does he get to miss that if he's the dad too yeah yeah and he was equally equally as anxious as I was you know and and we're and, and hoping and praying that everything would be okay um, and I know he would have loved to have been there with me too, because you do, you cling on to every single word they say, you know, and you're kind of looking at their facial expression as they're moving the, the thing around your, your tummy, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, it, you're, you literally cling on to every word that they say. And, and as you said, it's either pure elation and, and delight and happiness, or it could be absolute, you know, heartbreak. You just don't, you don't know. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely a scary time for, for, for women at the moment, having to attend that alone. Luckily, the, the, the hospital that I attended, the Rotunda, they've since allowed um, dads or partners in um, for the 20-week scan, which is amazing. But I know not all hospitals, it's not the case with all hospitals. So it just depends on, on, on the hospital, I think, at the moment. And then, of course, you've got the, the countdown to birth, <laughs> which I think knowing that, this time around for me because it was my second like I remember on my first thinking that birth was just like d-day like that's that's almost the end of it mm. um, it's the big milestone and nothing was really thought about thereafter whereas after I, yeah yeah had a different perspective this time in that labor and birth is only the beginning actually of yeah of everything else that's to come labor and birth is completely unknown and labor and birth is completely unique to every woman, every bump, every baby, every pregnancy, it will never go the same and it'll never really go as you fully anticipate it will. Mm -hmm. So leading into those weeks, how were you kind of managing those, those very normal thoughts around what's it going to be like? 
Yeah, I, I, I was surprisingly calm, I think. I think I'm, I'm kind of good in situations like that whereby, you know, you control the controllables and whatever will be, will be. And I just accepted. I, I kept saying to myself, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of women have done this before you and millions and millions and millions will do it again. You know, it's the most natural thing in the world to give birth to a baby. Um, so I, I was quite calm. I didn't feel that anxious about it. Um, I can be quite rational in situations like that. You know, you just have to get on with it. You just have to do it. And that's how it's going to be, you know. Um, Sean was measuring big. So my doctor had said to me all along, you know, we might not let you go the full, the full 40 weeks. We don't want him to get to, you know, he was measuring quite big. We don't want, you know, there, my, my consultant, Jennifer Donnelly in the rotunda was amazing. She, I very much felt like she was really looking after me as well as the baby, you know, and she was, you know, she said, there's no point in us letting, you know, him get too big and it'd be, you know, not a nice experience for you then, or, you know, maybe having to, to do a section instead of natural birth, which is what I, which is what my, what my preference was to give birth naturally. And I luckily, I got to in the end, which was great. But she said, you know, we might induce you early if, if, if we think it's, it's the right thing to do. So I was actually induced at 38 weeks. So in a way, like I went in, I had a scan the day before I was, she basically said to me, when you come in for your scan on the Tuesday, if, you know, the head is engaged and everything is favorable, um, I will induce you the next day. So it was a case of, okay, I'm going in today and I'll find out now what's happening, you know, if this is happening tomorrow or whatever. So luckily he was, you know, the head was engaged and things like that. So I then knew that I was, I was going to be in labor the following day. So, you know, although I probably would have liked it all to happen naturally at home and things like that, it was kind of nice to be able to plan and then mm. know that, okay, I'm being dropped off at the return tomorrow morning at half seven by Rory. He's leaving then you know I'll be induced at nine or whatever time so um I kind of liked knowing that it was happening the next day you know even though deep down I would have liked everything to have gone you know let it happen but luckily actually after the after I had that examination on the Tuesday I had a show that night and I was getting kind of pains and things like that so she said to me afterwards no he was he was coming kind of in a couple of days anyway so it was nice to hear that because I knew then okay well he was ready to come out you know so um so yeah, and then the day itself came and uh, Roy dropped me off, as I said, at half seven that morning. And you're literally, it was just the weirdest experience because I had all my bags and my snacks and the whole lot and my, my ball and everything. And he was gone then and you're just sitting in the waiting room, you know, waiting to be kind of admitted. Um, and like other women are coming in and, and you're kind of wondering what, what's their situation or do they know what they're having or is this their first or how do they, you know, it's just all these thoughts go through your head. Um, and I was quite emotional when he dropped me off because I was like, this is just so bizarre. I'm going in to give birth to a human and I'm on my own for half, pretty much half the day. Um, and then, yeah, so I was admitted and, um, my, I was induced in around nine o'clock and the pains kicked in and I like I really wanted to feel the pains for as long as I could that was just something I really wanted to to to, to experience um and I did which was great um and I had my music in my ears and I, I just kind of went into my own little zone I was like again you're just a number here Alva you know some of you've done it before you some of you will do it again you just need to get in the zone and and just I, I kind of felt, I was like, how lucky, I, not lucky, well, yeah, I was obviously very lucky, but I was kind of like, the only person who can do this is me. You know, the only person who can bring this baby boy into the world is me. 
so I'm going to get emotional now. Um, and I just felt so lucky Dude. that I was, I was, I, I had that, I was blessed with that experience, you know, and that, um, you know, I was, I was, I was able to experience that. So the pain started and uh, then my waters broke and the whole lot. And uh, so from half seven, I dropped in. Luckily, um, things moved quite fast and I was past the kind of three centimetres by about, two o'clock in the afternoon so I was moved to the labour suite then and Rory could come in so that was so nice then just kind of having by my side um, and then the pain started to get really bad so I was like okay I've done a good few hours of this now whenever you want to give me the epidural I am ready <laughs> so so I, I had the epidural then and that was like they are just the most amazing thing ever like they just I was so chilled then once that kicked in and we were having the crack with the midwives and you know I could have I didn't fall asleep but I could have um, but I loved that then. I, I loved the fact that I got to feel the pains and 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 really know what it's like to be in proper labour, and then um, and then to be able to kind of enjoy the time there with Rory, you know, and 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 chat away and be like, isn't this mad that this is happening now? And I'm five centimeters now, and you know, things are moving fast. And I just I loved every minute of it, you know. And it was I felt so powerful. Like I just felt like this the only person that, again that can do this right now and bring this this baby into the world is me how amazing are women's bodies you know that 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 I have been given this job and that my body's got to do this in in a matter of hours like it was just I just loved every minute of it and of course it's tough and the pains are so intense and it's so overwhelming and they're you're cursing and you're like I remember saying to Roy I was like just just be there you know just be there like I don't know what I want you to do or what I want you to say, but if you could just be by my side, that's all I need. And he was fantastic. Like he was so good. He knew like not to say too much, just be there. And if anything I need, I'll let him know, you know? Um, and uh, yeah. And then uh, just loved every minute of it. And then five to eight that evening, then Sean was born. So um, yeah, we were blessed with a little baby boy. He was in the end, he was eight pounds, 14 and a half. Um, so I never let go of that half. <laughs> I hang on to that half all the time. A few people, a few times, someone has said, "So eight fourteen. I was like, "No, eight fourteen and a half." <laughs> it all matters. It all matters. All yeah. matters. But I love that you're the only one who can do this. And I, when you're mm. saying that, that to me is like that's that mother kicking in. Yeah, it's that huge maternal rush to say, "This is." now on me this is my yeah. baby I am going to birth it I am going to make sure that it is brought safely into the world like it's it's a real transitional point mm. between who you yeah. were and now who you're going to be and how like that's the priority from forever you yeah, know forevermore things will never be the same again yeah it's like, ever and my priorities before that god when I think of them now like you know just such silly things that I was like, well, I need to do this today. You know, it's definitely in that moment you're like, he's the priority now, getting him here safely, and this is on me, and let's do it. And yeah, I felt, I felt, I felt, as I said, I felt so powerful. I just felt like this is so cool that I get to do this, you know? And even like you, you want to feel pain, you want to feel pain, you want to feel that connection, you want to feel your body is doing this mm -hmm. so that you can walk out of there being like, I am amazing I yeah. my body did this I'm a mother now he is my yeah. little boy and I brought him into this world yeah and it was funny because once he was born and everything and then you know back to the ward and I saw other women there I almost felt like we we're like a tribe we are no. 
fucking amazing. Like we have done this together. I felt like I felt like it was like a sisterhood. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. Like that we we all did this in the last couple of hours. Like you know, it's just amazing. It's it really great. is, though. And, mm-hmm. and how was how was Rory Threaded? What was his feeling when when Sean arrived? Yeah, again, just you know that it was. It's kind of when they when he comes out. Like we spoke, we knew we were having a little boy, so we spoke all you know about him. For, for the nine months well we didn't know obviously we, we found out 20 weeks or whatever but um like just seeing him there in the in the flesh you know after all because you, you wonder during pregnancy what will you be like who will you look like you know what will it be like to hold you you know like I, 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 I found like being pregnant was amazing but you're still kind of like I don't know this person yet mm. and I although you feel connected to him you don't know him until he arrives or, or she um, so Rory was just, I think he just found the whole experience just amazing as well. And he was, he kept saying to me, he's like, it's like you've done it before. It's like you've done it before. You're just so calm and you're, you know, it's like you could have done it four times before. You know, he was very encouraging. Um, but yeah, he, he was, he loved it. And he was, he was fantastic too, because, you know, I know it can be, it can be, obviously we have to do all the work, but you know, it can be hard for the men because they don't know what they should do or say, or, you know, but he was, he was just brilliant. And he was very, he, Roy's a very calm person, you know, and he's, he only speaks when he has something, you know, decent to say or worthwhile saying. And he, you know, he's very calm and, and he, he was the best possible person to have in the room because I'm the chatterbox and I'm the kind of chatty, talky one and he's the calm one. And we're, you know, I think that's why we work. Um, but yeah, he was great. And then he, you know, he did the whole skin to skin thing. And, you know, while they were, well, you know, we kind of, he was very much involved from the word go, um, which was great. And the, the bonding kind of started from the word go, go which, was, which, was, which was great. I couldn't have asked for better. I was very much in my own little zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think he was, I'm sure he was probably delighted that he was off the hook. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I don't know. I just think if the pain is bad, you know, nothing is, I know you can do, you know, this hypnobirthing and all that, but I just kind of, I just, I was just like, no, I was going to close my eyes. I, my eyes were closed for so much of it because... I, I was almost kind of like, if I close my eyes, nothing, nothing I see can make this feel worse or nothing will annoy me. You know, if, if anyone's doing anything that I'm like, oh, why are they doing that? Mm. I won't see it if my eyes are closed. Mm. So um, I just kind of closed my eyes and deep breaths and I just kind of went into my own little zone. Yeah, that was, that was how it happened. <laughs> I was the same. I was laboring at home for a while, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it really wasn't until I actually sent Tom to bed I was like, just mm. go, just you go get some sleep. And I was entirely by myself downstairs. I put some like soft music on. There was a fire lit and I just had my birthing ball and I turned off lights. I just had a candle in a corner, just giving enough lights that I, you know, didn't bash into something. Yeah. And that's when the pain started. Like I had to be just by myself and in a little yeah. cave. Mm. And yeah. I think that's really, that, that in itself is a lesson about how like biologically it all should kick off for us yeah and how and how you're kind of you are on your own and it is just down to you you know and I know people you know other people do it differently and they they might like the massaging or the the hypnobirthing or whatever but um I I thought it was kind of he reminded me of kind of period pains you know when you get really bad period pains and if you know if someone said something that you didn't agree with it almost made the pains feel worse because you're like you're annoying me I'm already getting these pains you know just be quiet you know so I just felt like if I'm on my in my own zone 
and just close my eyes and do this myself. Nothing can make this feel worse than it already is, you know? So that's, that's how it worked for me. Completely. So what was it like then, you know, now that he's here and that's why I suppose I started that by saying like this time around, I then knew birth was not actually the end point. Birth mm-hmm. was the beginning actually of, in some ways, the work. And I, you know, I think that there's a real period actually after the birth when you are alone in hospital um, with that baby on that first night and nothing to do with COVID. You'd be alone at night anyway. Yeah. Um, where those cries and you feel like, oh, I don't know what to do now. I don't yeah. know. Where's, mm. where's the book? Where's the manual? Yeah. I didn't sit the test for this. Yeah, it's so true. And I, and I, 100 uh, percent guilty of of absolutely focusing on the labor and the birth you know in the lead up to it and getting through that and wondering what it's going to feel like and all of that you know i read i read books about birth and labor but i didn't read any about after that you know and and i definitely think people focus so much and they, they forget that as you said that's that's the end of the pregnancy now you have a full life of of motherhood so um yeah, it was we that that first night he was born at five to eight in the in the evening, so he was quite sleepy after that. So he was actually very zen that night, <laughs> and I was like, God, you know, <laughs> in a way, in a way, it was kind of you know, it was because he was so sleepy, it took him a while to latch and things like that. He just wanted to sleep, you know. Um, but in terms of you know, them, him crying, he, he did very little that first night. But by God, did he make up for it the next night? <laughs> I think they call it those not that that night two or those night second that night second night yes yeah. yeah he was he so uh the first night was fine because he was only a couple of hours old and he was just very chilled and zen but the next night yeah and yeah you're just kind of wondering god you know I think it's it's just you don't know what to do you it's so new to you and um you know, in a way I was kind of, I was happy that he was kind of alert and awake because he was so chilled the first night and he was feeding much better the second night, but yet it was just nonstop. And it's like, will I ever get my boobs back again? <laughs> they're just stuck to you. Um, and it got, it's so important as well because they, they lose that weight when they're born that you need to get it back on. And, and uh, um, yeah, it was intense. I didn't sleep a single week the first night because I just couldn't stop looking at him but then the second night because I, he didn't let me you know but I don't th- I think I don't think anyone goes into hospital to have a baby expecting to get a great night's sleep um yeah you're just you're but I think you kind of run on adrenaline as well you know like I was yeah. constantly taking because I couldn't have any visitors except for two hours a day Rory could come in Um, you're constantly sending pictures I was on FaceTime I was just staring at them you know you just stare at them and you're like I can't believe you're mine you know it's just amazing um but yeah, no, no, there, I'm sure there are books, but I didn't, I didn't really read many of, of what happens afterwards. And, and, and going back to what I said at the beginning, that's where you just wing it, you know, and you have to just do what works for you. And, and no one is an expert when it comes to, to being a mom for the first time. You just have to do what works for you. And I'm very much of that opinion. Like, you know, you can take all the advice in the world, but no one knows your baby like you do. Um, and you know, I often get messages on Instagram from people asking about breastfeeding, you know, how did you make it work or what do you do when they do this? And I, I, I'm slow to give, to give any advice because this is what works for me and my baby. You could be completely different, you know, and I have received, it's funny when you become a mother, you know, people kind of sometimes take it upon themselves to send you their bit of advice. And I'm like, you know, it comes from a good place, but 
you don't know my baby, you know, everyone is different. Um, and, and that's where I think there is no manual and you just have to do kind of what works for you. Yeah. There is no book for your baby. No, no. And it is, nobody will know your baby like you do because nobody has spent that intense period of time attached to you than your baby. Exactly. Yeah. Examining Um, your kind of every move. (laughs) Yeah. And nobody has done the overthinking that you have done in your head all night long wondering what if I put them on this position? What if I put them on that position? What if I roll over? Did they get enough today? What was that cry about today? Was I good enough today? All of those swirling thoughts are in your head. And often, as you said, like that well-meaning advice, that can sometimes just be enough to push you over the edge of thinking. Totally. It it could almost stress you out more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or someone says, oh, my baby feeds this amount a day or sleeps this amount of hours a day. You know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? But now it's just everyone is different. It's, it's just the way it is, you know. And, you know, we've kind of gotten into our flow now. And I, I feel now that it's kind of 10 weeks on. I mustn't have done too much wrong because he's thriving and his weight is great and he's feeding and he's sleeping and he's happy and he's smiling. You know, I think once, you know, they have all those signs, you know that, you know, they're a happy, content baby and, and you're doing your best, I guess. And it has to be just moment to moment. It's not even day to day. Completely. It's just moment to moment. It's what, what do I think my baby needs right now? Yeah. What do I think is the best thing that's working for your own physical and mental health too? And I think that's something that often gets deprioritized in those first 10 weeks when your entire focus is on this new human, this new little baby and everything that they need that you forget well yeah but what do I need so that I'm at my best for them completely it's so true and those first few days after we came home from the hospital I didn't get dressed you know I didn't take off my pajamas it was just (laughs) the way it was because I was so focused on the feeding and and you know doing that that I didn't have time to think of myself and I know that that's normal for those first you know the first few weeks or whatever um but I got to a point then kind of a few weeks on that I I remember I'll never forget it it's funny how you change in terms of what makes you feel good or you know revived or refreshed I work for um I work with my dad in our family business Dublin Bay Cruises so there's no real maternity leave but there is you know I'm lucky that I can be flexible and I can do both and I could do it at my time which is great but it was kind of the first day I, f- I felt okay I need to do maybe just two hours work because I just want to get on top of a certain few things he was probably about four or five weeks old at this stage. So I said to my mom, this is when we were out of lockdown, um, would you take him, you know, just take him for a walk for maybe three hours just so I can sit down and get this done and I'll feel, you know, that I've got that done then. But I didn't know how good, how good I would actually feel after. Not only was I happy that that bit of work was kind of ticked off, but I felt so refreshed after it. It was kind of like, and this is doing work. It wasn't going for a massage, you know. It was, it was, it was kind of like the old me for three hours where I just sat down, did my work, knew he was okay he was in good hands my mom had him you know I couldn't he couldn't have been in better care um and I was able to just do this work and I just felt great after it like I felt like I, I had had a massage I was like a new woman with those just those three hours to myself at my laptop doing you know bits and bobs and again it sounds bizarre because I was doing work but I just felt it, it, it I was ready again to take on mm. take on motherhood for another you know but um because that's funny you say I was a new woman, but actually I think that there was, it was the comfort of you being the old 
version Me, of yourself. for a few hours. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because you know exactly. her. She knows what she's doing. She knows yeah. how to do work. Yeah. She knows how to be accomplished and have something ticked and be yeah. in control of, I did that. Now it's done. I'm going to close down my laptop. Yeah. There is, that doesn't come with motherhood. There no, ex- exactly. There is no closing down and shutting no. off. <laughs> it's, it's non-stop. It's so true. It was kind of that feeling of finishing something. Yeah. But like motherhood is never finished. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so when you said there with your mom and in the best care and when you were out of lockdown, how are you feeling now that we're looking at these kind of, we're kind of week two of six of not being able to have that support around yeah it's it's I mean I'm very lucky she's she's only around the corner and obviously we can't do house visits or anything like that but you can you know go for a walk with someone outdoors from one of their households so I'm blessed in that sense that you know we can do that and if I have questions or you know and and she she's delighted too that she can you know she can see him and my dad as well um but of course I would love for them to be able to come over here or, or, or to drop him off to her and, 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 you know, you know, if I need to get work done or if I do need to go and do something or go to the bank even or go to the post office, you know, those sort of jobs. Um, but it, yeah, it's very, very tough for, for, I feel lucky, very, very lucky that she's so close by and we can go for a walk if we want, but there are so many people like even my sister, Avian, for example, she has two under two down mm. in Clare and, uh, you know, we feel so far away from her at the moment because mm. they're at that. Well, Levon, her youngest, is, isn't even one yet. Um, and so much of Levon's life has been COVID and lockdown, you know. Um, so we feel like we've only seen her a handful of times since she was born. Um, and we're such a, we are a very close-knit family that, you know, it's, it's very tough for Avian that she's so far away from us and we just have to get on with it, you know. So I'm, I, I feel very lucky in the sense that I'm so close to mom and dad, but... Um, it is so tough for her and for so many others at the moment, um, especially the first time moms. Um, and maybe, you know, one, women who don't have a sister like I did to ask advice or don't have a, or maybe are the first of their friends to have a baby too. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's really, really tough for, for so many. Which is why this podcast and other things like even Bio Baby, you know, yeah. having those online resources of ways for women to connect ways for women to hear other experiences so that they feel less alone even yeah. just in my own experience of when I was on maternity leave the first time like sometimes listening to a conversation in a podcast might be the only bit of interaction you feel like you've had that day absolutely and, and I have to say I learned so much like as you know I'm a fan of the podcast I listened to it throughout my pregnancy and a lot of a lot of other you know parenting podcasts and I do cling on to snippets that I hear and it was funny actually I was talking to my friends um you know as I said I was the first of my friends to have a baby and I was like and they were you know they were intrigued to hear all about the labor and stuff and I was like there are certain things they never tell you um and they thought this is so funny I I remember I was going through like moment by moment of the labor and, and the whole lot and he I, he was born and everything the teen the famous tea and toast came in and myself I, I was telling them this and how it was the funniest thing ever myself and Rory were sitting enjoying the tea and toast and uh next thing this lady came in called Sue and she had a basin of water and like a big sponge and I was like and and um Sean had been dressed at this stage and he had his little hat and the outfit on I was like what's she doing she's like oh, I'm here to to give you a wash <laughs> so she, she was like sit up I was like 
oh, oh you're, you're washing me. She's like, yeah, whips off my nightie and starts like washing me down with the sponge and the soapy water. But I said to my mom after it, she was like, oh, it's called a bed bath. I was like, no one told me that I was going to be sitting there so helpless, having just pushed out a baby and getting a bed bath and washed by this lovely lady called Sue. Like no one tells you these things. Well, my friends said this absolute and she was like she was an absolute angel on earth like giving me a wash like you know you just never think that this is going to happen or you're never going to be in that situation I never heard that that happened to women after having you know after having a baby but, but uh, that yeah. didn't happen to me I'm now feeling Did it not? no I'm like well oh, I feel so was privileged there was my bed bath <laughs> Maybe she was like, "You need it, love. You, 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 uh, you were fairly stressed there. The sweat was pumping out through you there at one point." But um, yeah, no, oh, there was, was no. We just found it the funniest thing. There was no bed bath in Hollis Street. I had to wait for the epidural oh, to wear okay. off before I had the shower. And to be honest, I, I know what people say about the tea and toast being the best thing in the world. Yeah, for me, it, the tea maybe I was too nauseous for the toast, but the first really? shower. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like a new woman, don't you? Yeah. It it's was... amazing. And it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not in the prettiest of showers. It's not in the most no. glam of showers. It's just that feeling of the water coming down. It was just, yeah. It's, yeah you, you, you feel like you could take on the world for that first shower. And, but and I was kind of my second shower because Sue gave me a good, good one. <laughs> <laughs> so what could you, if you could go back and tell nine months, well, actually, sorry, 38 week pregnant you when you were going in to have that scan to see how big he was or to get the weight, to get his size checked and you're wondering, will I be brought in to, for labor tomorrow or not? You could go back and tell her how it's going to be or how it's going to go or what she shouldn't worry about. What, what would you kind of go back and help her with? Um, I probably, I mean, again, the main thing was the fact that I was going in on my own, you know, because of, of the whole, the whole COVID thing but your body kind of just kicks into into gear doesn't it and it's kind of like you know whether your partner's here or not this is happening and you're in the best possible care you can be in you know like the staff in the rotunda and I'm sure all hospitals all across the country are just like midwives are angels on earth you know they're just amazing they're there to help you you know the second you walk in that door you're in the best possible care and no one's going to leave you there you know on your own I, I never felt alone I never felt alone in that time that I was, you know, before Rory could come in oh, and after he left, you know, when I was there for the few, for the two nights after Sean was born, they're, they're just amazing. And I had heard this before I had, you know, before I, I went in to have them, but they're just phenomenal. And there's, there's nothing to worry about because they're there for you. You know, they're there for all the questions you have, you know, pre-birth and post. Um, and you, you'll never feel alone once you get in there, even though it might seem that way, you know, in the lead up to it. And uh, I'm sure you agree. Like, it's just, they're there for you constantly and they, they've yeah. all the answers. And, and uh, as I said, it felt like I was in this little sisterhood, you know, between the midwives and, and the other moms there. It was just, and Sue. I was sad leaving. And Sue, of course, <laughs> it was sad. I was sad leaving the rotunda. I honestly genuinely was, um, that that was, that was over now, you know? Um, and that, you know, I'd, I'd gone through the whole birth thing. I'd had Sean, thank God he was safe and healthy. Um, but I was sad to be leaving because I just loved my experience there so much. So I would say there's nothing to, to worry about. You'll get through it and it's, it's fine. It's the most natural thing in the world to have a baby, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's a, a C-section or, or, or other, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're so well looked after no matter where you are, I'm sure. And nothing to be, to be afraid of. For me, my memory of 
both births, complete feeling of how on earth did I do that? Did the millions of women before me do that? Did the millions of women after me do that? And how is it the biggest kept secret that women are the most powerful biological beings on this planet? Yeah, it, it, it fascinates me every single day. I, I, think about, I think about my birth experience probably every single day since I had them. And I, I just think, how is that how humans, you know, are created? It's just unbelievable and how they're brought into the world, you know, and, and women are just superheroes, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I, I get that, I was the same, that feeling of absolute elation that I did that and that women can do that, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. It just fascinates me all the time. It's a total miracle. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that incredibly positive birth story. It's reassurance right now is the antidote to fear. And it is fear that is going to block all those wonderful flowing oxytocin hormones and all of that. Like there should be joy in it too, you know, um, and yeah, we need to get rid of the fear. We need to share as much. We need to be as honest as possible about the things that are really hard so that you can anticipate them and you can prepare your mind for them. But overall, I think give as much reassurance and empowerment and strength and pass that on so that women approaching their due date can actually grow in excitement mm-hmm. instead of you know, nervous anticipation and fear. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you that's exactly what why I wanted you on this podcast. It's exactly why I'm so I'm so proud that you were able to share this story 10 weeks after having it because it's clearly so fresh in your mind and and in mine. Like I I I still cry constantly over the birth. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I said, Janelle, I'm I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So I was absolutely honored that you asked me and I'm, I'm delighted to talk about it because as we said it's 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 the most amazing experience in the world and I'm happy to share mine so thank you for having me and uh, congratulations on the first 10 weeks and thank you because <laughs> it is a milestone in itself it is yeah it feels like when I think of all you know all those moments we've had and all those sleepless nights but uh, and there's many of them um you know, it, it definitely is d- difficult and it's tough and, and it's, it's a new version of you, um, but it's, it's, it's all worth it. It's, it's great and, and we feel very, very lucky. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, it really helps our show to grow if you subscribe, rate or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest, Alva Garrahy on Instagram. Talk to you again next week. This series is kindly supported by Water Wipes. Water Wipes are an essential for every mum from that first nappy change to during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, Water Wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum the Podcast.